0: Okay. So here's the deal. You know, those weekends in church where you have an amazing guest speaker lined up at church for the day and you wake up on Sunday morning. So excited because you know, the entire day at church is just going to be absolute gold. That is how I feel about today's episode. I cannot wait to share this conversation with you today. I believe it's going to help you and your team. Let's go. This is The Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit the subscribe button, consider sharing this episode with your team, and let's join Brandon Stewart for another vital conversation for all of us who lead from the middle. Well, welcome back. It's season four, Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. I am particularly excited for our episode today because my pastor, Kevin Gerald, is joining us to kick off a two part conversation that I believe is going to help you. If you lead from the middle in any capacity, if you have a heart to get it right for your pastor, especially in this season, we created this space for you. Welcome home. Welcome to our tribe. And on today's episode, we're going to wrestle through maybe the most important question we could be answering right now, which is simply this, how can I build trust with my pastor? I uh, pray this helps you as always this season, we're encouraging you to not listen alone where we're posing big questions, but we believe it's better if you wrestle through it with your team, discussion questions are available in the show notes or in the podcast descriptions. If you're not receiving our uh, show notes every week, head to leadingsecond.com or reach out to us on Instagram. We will happily get you on the list for those. Uh, So we're really excited to dive into a big, big topic for today's conversation. Uh, Before we dive into it though, we had another great question coming from a listener and I sat down with them and had a conversation about their question and wanted to share it with you today. So here's what's on the mind of another listener of the Leading Second podcast. Let's go. I'm joined today by David from Dallas, Texas. Say what's up to everybody, David. Hey, what's up, everybody? So good to hear from you recently. And of course, I know you and I know the team you serve on. Love what God is doing in your life and through your leadership. Why don't you tell everybody, I guess, who you are and what you do on the team? Yes. uh, So I I lead a digital team here at Heartland Church and um, sort of new to the role. I've been here since November and uh, just excited to get started and uh, build a team from scratch. Yeah, I love that you guys moved from the West Coast, uh, Best Coast, by the way, and uh, have a new role and a new assignment there and uh, love your house a lot. Hey, you had a great question that you sent in that I wanted to give you a chance to ask. Yes, so as I'm building uh, this new team from scratch, uh, one of the questions I had was, um, what are some questions or uh, steps that I could be taking when casting vision to this new team? Hmm. It's a really good question, David, and especially wise of you coming into a new team uh, to think about it, because I think a lot of people just jump in and their first instinct is to, I need to make changes because I need to show people I'm the leader, you know, show people I'm a good leader. When in reality, um, there's more of an art to it right at the beginning than just jumping in and making changes. In fact, I would say at the beginning, uh the true art of leadership before you even get to vision casting, I would say is about building trust, understanding your team and the people on your team and then building up relational equity. Casting vision and asking people to buy into a vision is a bit like taking a withdrawal out of the bank account. And so before you go asking for a withdrawal, We better make some deposits. A couple of guiding thoughts that have um, helped me over the years. Uh, One would be this, and I heard Andy Stanley teach this at a conference years ago. He said this, once people feel understood by you, they are 80% of the way to following you. And I want you to think about that for a minute. That means 80% of your job as a leader in terms of getting ready to vision cast is understanding the people that you're leading, like knowing their story, knowing their values, knowing their background, knowing their interests. I mean, when people feel known and understood by you, that that's amazing. 80% of the way to following you toward whatever mountain you want to take. The second uh, guiding thought that I heard years ago from, um, a, a, leader that, that helped us out for a while from Saddleback church. He said this, you impress people from a distance, but you impact them up close. In other words, your team doesn't just need to see you from a distance leading the meeting at the front of the room on stage, even killing it somewhere. You know, that's not what your team needs to see to respect you. You will impact them up close and I'll bet you'll feel a lot more mileage with your team when you have that relational equity uh, stored up. So in, in regards to actually casting vision, I guess you, you asked about that. I have one more thought for you, and that would be this. Just remember, it's not a democracy, <laughs> meaning you don't necessarily need everyone's input. You don't have to take everyone's ideas in order to be an effective vision caster. However, you also don't want to be like Moses, you know, coming off the mountain with the tablets, you know, I I've heard from God and, and they all have to do whatever you say. I, I wouldn't really say that's as effective either, um, worked for Moses, maybe not for David, you know, um, maybe consider a core group of people that you could assemble that could help you actually craft the vision, a group big enough to be. Uh, impactful but small enough to be effective you don't want the room too big but you also don't want it too small just a core group to help you actually put the vision together and lead that group and get their buy-in before you then take it to the whole group I, I also think there's a way to gather everyone's ideas and input on the team there's a way to hear them out because the more people feel like their fingerprints are on the vision I think the more likely they are to buy in I just don't want you to feel like you know, like it's a democracy and the best, you know, the the majority always has to win. I would just get a core group of people start buying around the vision from the core and work your way out. That way, by the time you get to the whole team and casting vision, you have a really solid white hot core that is bought in and, and sold out and ready to go for the ideas that you're wanting to take forward with your team. Uh, does that help today, David?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much.
0: And uh, Hey, I love what God's doing in your life and in your leadership. Keep going, man. Thank you, Brandon. Well, today I'm so excited to welcome back to the podcast. My favorite guest we ever have the opportunity to hear from my pastor, Kevin Gerald, the story of my life has been changed and been rewritten from what it would have been in large part to sitting under this man's leadership almost all my life. Whether it's been in formal meetings or casual, spontaneous moments, I have received gold from him in wisdom over the years. And my heart with having him onto the podcast every year is just to try and share that with you. Some of the wisdom I've gleaned over the course of my life. I pray that today, helps you. Pastors Kevin and Sheila are the lead pastors of Champion Center, my home church. As of this year, they have been pastoring in the Northwest for 35 years. His wisdom comes uh, from so much longevity and experience leading a local church as a lead pastor for over three decades. He also leads the Team Church Tribe and Team Church Conference, which I also have the opportunity to serve as a part of and, um, I believe you're going to get a lot out of this conversation today. So without any more delay, here is my conversation, with my pastor, Kevin Gerald on how can I build trust with my pastor? Well, PK, so good to have you back on the leading second podcast today. Um, so thankful for your time and your investment into, uh, this part of our tribe. Uh, are you, are you well today? Are you doing good?
1: Yeah, doing great. Brandon, we're, uh, I'm looking out the window and it's raining in Seattle, but that's not new. So I got my yellow shirt on in case I need a little sunshine, brighten things up, but yeah, we're doing good all as well.
0: So glad to have you on uh, the podcast today. Uh, first and foremost, just because you're, you're my pastor and so much of what I feel like I have to offer uh, in the kingdom is what I've learned in our house from you and Sheila over the years. Uh, you you lead the team church tribe and leading second is tucked right up under that. And um, it's just been so important to me over the years to have your voice front and center into our tribe and hopefully unpack some of that wisdom I feel like I received over the years and offer it uh, offer it to a lot of people here. So Really glad to be talking today. And I know that we're leading in unique times and we're leading in unique situation. That's the understatement of 2021. And yet I think you're like me. Maybe we can start here. You're like me where um, I just really believe the church is moving forward right now. I believe that, that even if it looks different, that, that God's church is on the move and that his plan hasn't changed. And we, I, what I love most about team church tribe and leading second is we are just for the local church right now, I guess, what, what, what is, what is, what is bringing you the greatest hope right now for the future of the church and and where we're headed in this season?
1: Well, I think for me, the, the thing that has brought the greatest hope has been our own church and observing, Mm -hmm. watching up close, uh, while there's been a lot of, a lot of shaking, uh and being in the seattle land area people who are not have watched the news you know what's up here what's going on up here the mindset of people it's not a very churched region and to see our our church the core of our church be so strong and resilient and determined to not break pace even when i'm not even when I'm really not cheerleading them, uh, even in the normal fashion. So I think that if we're just going to say one thing that has brought me the most hope is that our church has really encouraged me. People of our church have encouraged me. And and again, I want to emphasize that we have we have had departures, we've had exits, we've had well, mad. We've had, you know, irrational, unreasonable sort of stuff. I think we still get, you know, emails and texts and letters by every week, you know, people being irritated by something we're doing or not doing. And we're we're very much aware that some people think you should wear masks, some people think you should. (laughs) (laughs) Some people think you should sing and some people think you, you, you shouldn't. And some of you, you know, and, and we get all of that, but uh, at the end of the day, what's amazing is that I would have used to maybe thought with the amount of negative that we have heard that it would affect affect our church uh, more than it has. And if anything, I think it's caused our church, as they have heard the negative and known that it exists, to just be more determined than ever to unify, to move forward. And to proclaim that the enemy is not going to take down the church, and that yep. church is going to be healthy and strong, and that that has uh, that has really encouraged me. That has made yeah. me feel so good about the fact that you know the future is bright for the church.
0: Well, for anyone listening today, which you know our audience can skew very young. Uh, that is that is 35 years of pastoring talking right there, you 35 years in the Northwest uh, talking, but hopefully that gives you some hope that there is great fruit on the other side. Yes, the fruit that remains, as the Bible says, on the other side of faithfulness and building, and certainly that will come out of this season. Hey, today I want to try to chase down a big, big, big question with you. And we're asking a big question every week on the podcast right now. And the question that I just felt like I wanted to try to chase down with you a bit today is how can I build trust with my pastor? How can I build trust with my pastor? And I'm just going to set it up like this. At the end of the day, I think one of the things I'm most proud of in ministry is I'm just really proud of the relationship that I have with you and with Pastor Sheila. Um, It has a lot of years to it now. Uh, it, ha- it has some some seasoning to it now. Um, far from perfect, mind you. Like I have maybe still messed up more than I've got right, you know, over the years. And it took work to, to um, get it healthier and stronger. Um, but I realized today when I look around even our own team at Champion Center, there's probably other people that would say a version of what I'm saying that I'm just really thankful to... Feel like today I'm living in a space of greater trust, which leads to greater empowerment and greater opportunity, and and so much of the blessing I feel like has come uh, in my life has come out of building trust with you. It, it seems to be the currency that leads to so many things, and so I just kind of wanted to try to chase that down today and offer some hope and some wisdom to a leader out there trying to get it right with their own pastor and in their own context. So I'm just going to set this up for you, let you run on some questions today. Uh, I think where I'd like to start is asking you, uh, what are some of the things that leaders on our team over the years have done that have created a healthy relationship with you? you? Would you be able to, I guess, identify a couple of best practices, you know, so to speak on things our team has done that's built that with you?
1: Yeah, that I mean, that's a a great question. And the reason we need to start there is because so often we don't acknowledge the good and that, you know, there's there's some people who have definitely uh, including you who have won me over, earned my trust, uh, convinced me by way of who you are, your character, your behavior, (laughs) your conversations, um, that you are someone that not only is worth investing in, but somebody that I've had a growing confidence and trust for. And so I like starting with the the positive nature of that. And I think one of the things that I would really say to leaders out there is, you can't go wrong going into a relationship with your pastor, assuming that they know more than you do, and continuing to think that way toward them. Um, if, if, you go, if you go into that relationship and you assume that, you're, you're, he, that he or she is the mentor and you're the protege, you're at a really good spot and a really good space. And that continuing in that vein will cause your leaders and your pastors to sense that they can invest in you, they can talk to you, that you don't think you know Hmm. uh, more than they do, or you don't think you know it all. And it's just a beautiful, great place to start. It, It it sets you up to ask, you know, good questions to show eagerness when they talk, uh, their coaching and their correction. You're, you know, I I love when I'm around staff or team that I can hear them echo something they heard on a podcast. They're learning this, they're learning that. So I, I would say that is the beginning, Brandon, of, that there's somebody around me who is really a student. They're really hungry. They, they don't think they know more than I do. They want to learn. They want to grow. They, they see themselves as a novice, as somebody who is wet cement um, waiting for there to be imprints on it. To me, that's like a, a huge beginning.
0: So well said. And I love the thought of positioning yourself as a lifelong student, a lifelong novice. Imagine, imagine how different it sounds when people walk into the room, acting like they know it all versus, versus coming in humbly. And to me, you can have decades of ministry and still be aware there is so much more to learn that you don't know. And I, I think like you just said, well, that, that speaks well to someone's, um, ability to still keep you as their pastor, um, at that rightful place, uh, in their life, even after a lot of years in, I know too, PK, you, um, you thrive when, when, when people around you ask good questions, I feel like you ask good questions, but maybe speak to that for a minute. There's a value in showing up prepared and there's a value in showing up anytime you're around your pastor to ask great questions of them. Have you seen that? At work with leaders around you
1: yeah absolutely i appreciate it so much and it says a lot about that person when they do request time and i have pastors that do this and i have uh, staff that have done this uh, but they they request a half hour or an hour of my time whatever it might be and they it's usually a half hour and they show up with their questions and their computer in hand taking notes, they are there to well aware of you know, my need to uh, not exhaust too much time, but to ask me specifically questions that could be helpful um, for them in their own personal growth. And when, when people do that, when pastors do that, it, it really endears me to them. It makes me think, man, this person gets it. They really, they really do understand and value uh, what what I'm going to say. And 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 I don't necessarily assume that everything I'm going to say is something that is going to be earth shattering. But it says something about the student. It says something about them that causes me. It just brings the best out in me. So. I think back to what you asked me also about things that people have done, I think that I want to just flip that and say that things that people have have done that have breached my trust or caused a deterioration in my desire to have confidence in them would be along the same lines, sometimes slightly different. But if a person... If I've watched a person on our team, for example, not growing in leadership, it's it bothers me a lot. It it if they're if I don't see them lifting the lid in their own life, um, then and you know, just staying at the same level, then it causes me to feel like, boy, they're done. You know, they they got to here maybe, and we brought them along to here, but they're not hungry enough. Um, they're not a student, enough that uh, you know, the old saying is that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And there, nothing is more true than that. If a person is filling their life with morning podcasts, reading a book, asking good questions, you can count on it that you have a person who is learning and growing. And you'll see the evidence of that by spending as much time as a pastor as you can. Encouraging them. On the other hand, if they assume to know, like if I get halfway through a sentence and I want to tell them something and they're like, oh, I got it, yeah, I got it. Well, I've found out over the years, a lot of times people say that because they want to impress me. All of a sudden, I'm giving direction to them. <laughs> and rather than them being at ease and listening and maybe even writing it down, uh, or asking me a question back if they don't quite understand what I am saying, those are all good signs. But when somebody's like quick to say, you know, oh yeah, yeah, I got it, got it, got it. I found out something I didn't know earlier in ministry, and that is that there's a smallness within individuals sometimes that causes them to want to pretend. And they pretend, or they do what I call being a poser. They pose <laughs> to, to make you think to impress you, to make you as their leader, assume that they're better and they know more than they actually know and it, it. The complete opposite happens in that you, you know what they don't know. And that's why you're trying to tell them what they need to know. And so when, when those sort of reactions, I realized, wow, if that doesn't change, I have limited, uh, limited confidence in, in their growth and their ability to grow and learn
0: it it hits hard because man, some of us have been there i I absolutely remember days where it felt like the lens was I've got to show how smart I am or I've got to show how valuable I am and man, there's freedom on the other side of that if you can if you can settle that your work is not constantly a value statement if you weren't valuable, you wouldn't be on the team you know and and that that that. Man, somebody needs to hear that. So let's, um, let's then talk about building trust. Uh, how have you seen that trust is built for the people in your airspace?
1: Trust is built by being reliable. Uh, do what you say. Keep your promises. Be consistent. I, talk honest. Tell me that you see what didn't go right and let me know that you are aware and you're willing to own it. So that means I wanna know that yes, you weren't, you, 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 you actually weren't ready uh, at the beginning of service to start on time. You were scrambling around at the youth service, trying to figure out the keyboardist had, had left rehearsal and gone to the bathroom. And so, you know, whatever it is, just be honest with me. Thirdly, be open. And and what I mean by that is be easy to talk to, be easy to ask questions to, um, be be easy to talk to about hard things, be eager to do what what it is that I want and the way I want it. Like, it's really really bothersome when, as a lead pastor, uh, I sense that I'm trying to accomplish something. It could be in the video, uh, part of our church. It could be our online location. And I, I'm seeing something that needs to change. And if I have to convince the person that works for me to do it that way, then that that's not good. I need them to be open. I need them to be asking questions so that they can do exactly what it is that I'm trying to get done. so those are some of the things that I think you're asking me about. Things that build trust. Another thing would be standing up for your leader. Yes. Um, in when they're present and when they're not. And I think a lot of people are too afraid that they're going to look like they're they're trying to manipulate their leader. You know, brown nosing, what whatever we want to call it. I, I think there's a tendency sometimes for uh, for our staff members to not speak up and support their leaders and stand in for their leaders. And unfortunately, silence leaves questions. So when I have people around me that my, I'm being, my ears are being pinned to the wall or somebody's being critical or and and I don't see these people around me speaking up, And I don't mean just defending. I mean, something that is along the lines of of saying, you know, maybe Pastor Kevin wasn't aware or maybe, you know, what you're relating to right now, he knows something we don't know on the situation. Anytime someone finds a a pathway in that is not defensive or or belligerent, but just is showing that they are on my side, they want to support me that speaks volumes and it increases trust. So what I say, be reliable, be honest, be open, stand in for your pastors. Those are some of the things that I think build trust uh, for a pastor.
0: Thank you for those four points. Well said, you just gave me a new leadership lesson for the road, so I appreciate that. That's <laughs> that help, perfect. Uh, I do wanna go back though to, to um, being honest for a second. Let's, let's bust through a mind monster. Like let's, let's dispel, let's dispel a mind monster that sits in, in leaders, uh, heads when you've messed up it, the, the service started late, the key, the key, the keys weren't ready, you know, the, the young people were standing around awkwardly, you know, and you have to now go report that to your pastor and you bring the honest news about that. To me, it seems like there's a mind monster that lives out there. It's it's going to say something like, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my job. Or the mind monster is going to say something like, um, you know, you, you have no value to this team or it, it's going, it's going to create a lie. Some, some, somewhere in there what goes through a lead pastor's head when a staff member is honest about where they have failed? Like maybe, maybe you could replace a lie with some truth. What's, I don't think those statements are accurate. So what, what's actually going on in your head as a lead pastor, when someone brings an honest report, even when it's about themselves and a way that they have not, you know, measured up in some way or gotten it right.
1: Yeah. What goes on in my head is that we have a chance we actually have a chance now, like of, of having a leader develop and grow, hmm. especially if they're honest with a sense of knowing what they want to do next time, knowing how they'll handle it better next week. Hmm. When I hear a staff member acknowledge that there was a situation where they dropped the ball maybe, and the follow through wasn't right, or they weren't prepared and they, they say that and then they say something like, it, it's not going to happen again because next time, here's what my plan is. Here's what I'm going to do and I'm going to have that conversation with some of my team this week and I can assure you I've learned through this and we're going to learn and we're going to get better. When, when I hear that, that is just music to my ears. Wow. I will work all day long with people who don't know very much, but are hungry to learn versus wow. people who think they know, and mm-hmm. don't know, and they pose or they pretend posers are impossible, pretenders are impossible. They, they will hit a lid. And then you're chasing the truth. As a leader, you're always well, what is the honest truth like you? They screwed up. They're not prepared. They're unorganized. They don't have their act together people are sensing it, people are seeing it. And here I am, I'm not at that service, I'm not at that meeting, I don't know, but I've been sniffing around and I've been hearing enough from other people that there's a lack of confidence in this leader. But now you're on a goose chase as the leader and you're trying to discover the real truth. And by the time you discover it, a lot of times you're just like frustrated so much that that person hasn't been more honest that the credibility goes way down. The trust goes way down and you don't feel like, you know, you got a chance, but when they're honest for me, I'm like, yeah, we got a chance now. Like we can grow through this. We can learn through this and I can have a better team member through this.
0: So someone listening today needs to hear that and you need to write that down as truth and you need to remember that the next time you have an instinct to cover your butt in, in that moment that what there, there could be, it could be that your first thought is not accurate about how your pastor will respond. And, and I, I just bet that might help somebody who could find yourself in that situation coming up in spe- speaking along this line, let's maybe keep it going. PK, I know something that you're really interested in talking about, passionate and talking about is communication and communication specifically that builds trust between a, a pastor and a team member listening. And, um, I, I know you mentioned this to me as being one of the primary things that really, the the more, the more someone is growing in their communication with you, the easier it is for you to trust them. So maybe just set you loose on that, that for a minute, and, and how you've appreciated over the years, people who work on and improve in the area of communication with you.
1: So let me just start with the, uh, the, the Old Testament Proverbs. And I don't have it. It's just coming off the top of my head. I don't know, chapter and verse. But there is some exhortation about preparation before you go into the king. Preparation with your request. And that, that dynamic of respect and reverence, believe it or not, is felt and sensed and seen by most pastors when it comes to their, their, uh, their team members. And, and here's what I mean by, okay, let, let, me, let, me, let me elaborate a little more. Nehemiah, most of you might remember the story of Nehemiah and how he prepared himself. And he before he went into the presence of the king, he knew what he was gonna request. And he also realized and recognized that as a cupbearer to the king, that he had to get this right uh, in terms of his face, his presence, his expressions. You, you don't go into the king with mourning, you don't go into the king. Uh, emotional, uh, you go in with a level of honor and respect. Now, I know that may sound and it's extreme, but I wanna get the point across to say that the responsibility for building trust relies or, or rests, I should say, on the team member to figure out how to, partic- how to communicate, interact, and participate properly in my pastor's or my leader's world. It's up to me. It's not them to come seek me out and figure me out. When they say, hey, how you doing? And you just give a one line, I'm fine. And then you later on, you're like, I just wish I could in- interact more. I could have built trust with my pastor. Start taking notes about your own self. What's your pastor supposed to do? Like, how is he supposed to get beyond a non-communicative nature in you? So what you're referring to, Brandon, is that I just think there's a a real responsibility that's overlooked a lot of times by team members, young or old, but we'll talk about young team members who are not developing a communication skill that in in relating to the leaders and the pastors in their life and without that you won't have a chance to really build trust you won't have an opportunity to really engage interact and build a relationship where there can be trust you have to become responsible and skilled in your communication with your pastor
0: okay so the conversation's still going as you can tell uh, we didn't end on time. And so we are excited to bring part two of this conversation to you next week right here on the podcast. I believe it'll help you and resource you and your team. Hey, take what we talked about today, wrestle through with it with your team. We'll see you next time on the podcast. God bless you. Leading second. For more information, check out leadingsecond.com, follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond, and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.